by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the district of champions it's the dc crossover podcast with your hosts mike cerrone and ben simpson hello and welcome to episode 111 of the dc crossover i am ben simpson that is mike cerrone glad to have you with us the referee the referee's got his bright green on which you can see if you watch the show on YouTube, again, that's uh, the DC crossover. Search YouTube. You'll be able to find the channel that way. Um, you can also get the links from our Twitter at the DC crossover on Twitter. Follow that account. And I always tweet out the links to the podcast as well as the videos. And then uh, you can also follow Mike at Cerrone 16. Uh, and of course, you can download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. You can go download that app. It is completely free. What's the latest on the TikTok? Are we still operating at, with the underscores? No, the underscores are gone. So we finally okay. got the underscores deleted after 30 days. And now All it right. is at DC Crossover Podcast. So you can definitely search that on TikTok and see all the clips and the fun stuff. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of uh, clips from interviews that we've had here recently. And we also have... Uh, some other clips of just like funny moments and also we always put the money line on there the trivia on there and stuff like that and just just some fun clips on there so the numbies are rolling in our last video had just about 400 which we're pretty much averaging Solid. around 400 as of right now so uh not too bad not too bad on the numbies i'll take i'll take those numbies that's for sure uh so follow the tiktok for sure you'll see clips of the show mike does a great job with that and yeah we got a big show Today, of course, the Washington Capitals are playing game five tonight. Game four tonight? Game five. Four. four. Game four tonight. Yeah. Yep, two one. Game game four tonight. We're gonna be talking about the Caps, of course. Uh these first three games, which have been pretty wild. Uh, and of course some Nats talk and plenty, plenty of different things going on. But I did wanna Talk briefly about, so I did hit up uh, DC United on Saturday, Mike, and it was, as I mentioned on the show, it was the all-inclusive seats. This was, the whole thing was, I was missing a buddy's bachelor party. I wasn't able to fly out for his bachelor party, so I said, hey, look, since I can't go to your bachelor party, I'll treat you to a night out at DC United. I'll get the all-inclusive seats so we can drink and eat and have a good time, and that will be like our version of a bachelor party. Uh, So I... Went downtown, first time in years going down to D.C. I mean, I haven't been down since the pandemic, um, so that was always that was kind of wild just being back down there. Right. And I haven't been to a sporting event since the pandemic, so this was kind of new for me uh, for, for the last few years. But, yeah, rainy evening, um, but I was not, uh, you know, uh, it did not stop us from having a good time at, at Audi Field. Great stadium, and 
Um, yeah, so it was kind of similar to the Nats, which I had done the all-inclusive seats there once where, yeah, there's just like a big room with a bunch of like buffet tables and things like that. And then you've got um, a big bar and a bunch of bartenders. And you just go around. They had Dosakis, They had Heineken. They had Atlas Brewing Company, one of their beers, an IPA. Uh, maybe one, maybe like a Miller Lite, I think, or something like that. <laughs> and right, yeah, you could just literally just go up whenever you wanted and... Uh, you could get two at a time, which we Ooh, took full advantage of that. Double fist. Um, and it was the only bad part was because it was rainy, everyone was in that inside part right. before the game. Um, because normally on a nice day, people are kind of going in and out and like you know doing so, you know spending time outside. But because of the rain, everybody was in the inside part with the food, so there was nowhere to sit at, before the game. Um, so we kind of had to poach a spot at the bar and just. Uh, take down beers and uh, take down <laughs> hot dogs. I mean, I had at least three or four hot dogs. And, nice. Um, and then the rest of the night, man, I mean, I, I remember everything, but I would just say that I, 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 of course, I wasn't driving, so I, I was like, well, I can have a good time. And I did. I certainly did. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to put a number on how many beers I had, but let's just say it was probably in, in the double digits. Um and uh, it was a great time. I mean, DC United won to nothing. We'll talk about that in a bit. Right. Um, so that was always fun. It was a little rainy, screaming at the players. I mean, anytime the other team was doing something, I mean, uh, we were we were on them because we were pretty close to the field. Like we had oh, a yeah. great spot, and so you know, once you catch a couple last names on Houston Dynamo's jersey, <laughs> you're yelling at those guys all night. Uh, we were just you know really getting on those guys. Do you have a poncho? Um, Do you have a poncho? I, I want to make no sure. Pa- no poncho. No poncho. No, no poncho. You went no, no poncho. No, I had a rain jacket. I had a rain jacket. It was like one of those weird rains where it was just kind of drizzly. Like it wasn't yeah. hard enough where it's like, oh, man, we got to go find cover. But it was just enough where it's just like, ah, oh, this is just kind of a pain. Like it, right. if it had been like a 70 degree night, perfect sky, it would have been awesome. The rain took away it from a little bit. But we all, once you have enough beers, the rain doesn't even really matter. <laughs> um <laughs> But it was just, it was really cool, man, because they, they just do a great job in that stadium. And again, you just go back and forth to the bar, get food. I mean, they had a bunch of snacks, cookies, you know, all this different stuff beyond just like the hot dogs and the chicken and potatoes and stuff. And like, and uh, I mean, the next day, I definitely regretted it. I think I texted you that. So on Sunday mornings, <laughs> I always do a grocery run for the household here. Yeah. And I set the alarm for 7 a.m. every Sunday. Oh. I get up, knock it out, and come back. And then I'm, you know, then, then it's all out of the way. And when that alarm went off at 7 a.m. on uh, this Sunday, I, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> this, like, this is, this is not real life right now because, you know, your boy just was not feeling, uh, feeling too hot, yep. uh, to say the least. And I'll tell you, I, 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 I think I just like slept walk through that grocery trip. Like I was a, like a robot on autopilot. Like right. I literally like I had my list in my head and I was just grabbing things, putting them in the car, grabbing things. People were probably saying like, hey, good morning. And I was just straight <laughs> ahead. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Like I'm, I'm not interacting with you because if I open my mouth, I don't know what's coming out. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to get everything I need to get. I'm going to get get in my car, go home. And then I took a three hour nap and felt great. Oh, yeah. I will say the nap. I haven't taken a, hung- a hangover nap in a long time. The nap did wonders, Mike. Yeah. And like, I went from, like, a 20 
to like a 75 uh, just from like a two, wow. I think it was like two or three hour nap. I mean, I felt, I wasn't 100% for sure, yeah, right, but I felt right. good enough to go do like Mother's Day stuff. We went to a park and all that stuff. It was, that was all fine, but it was that, that morning I was dead. I mean, dude, I, I was close to death. Like See, I was, I was close <laughs> to death. We're getting to the age where you have to go with alternative routes to avoid the hangovers. So there's a lot of, everyone used to say like, oh, just chug a glass of water before bed. Like, okay. Yeah. Maybe when I was like, you know, 18, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, something That's like that. That's also where, the last thing on your mind before bed. Exactly. I mean, like, yeah, I drank some water before I went upstairs, but it was like, I also just wanted to get to bed immediately. Like, I didn't care right. about that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I used to have the bit, if I drank a little too much, I started this in college where I ended up putting, uh, I took a couple Advil, then I put two Advil next to the nightstand. So when I wake right. up at that 4 or 5 a.m. where I'm like, oh, then I ended oh, yeah. up taking the other one. So it's still in my system. So when I wake up, the I planning s- ahead is smart. Yeah. But now that doesn't go in effect too much as it used to so right i used now i buy pedialyte powder packets if i'm really having a good yeah. time that night uh so the next morning I, I i i have i throw that in a water bottle and i chug that pretty much down yeah, i've done after the pedialyte thing uh, before yeah for sure so I, I i do i do those bits and i try to you know i haven't had a really bad one uh anytime recently i had a really bad night about uh two weeks ago where i drank wine for the first time in like two and a half years and oh, wow. it was not a good night uh um, right, right. let's put it that way uh sure. I'll, I'll have to tell you that off air um yeah, but yeah. uh yeah so that wasn't that great um but yeah for sure at our age now now i sound like we're acting like we're like 66 i know but it's true man uh, the the 21 year old drink nights mm-hmm. are certainly different than the I'm, I'll be 30 here in the fall than yep. my than, than my 29 year old drink nights. It just it it takes a toll. It takes hey, a toll. John Daly I, said it best. John Daly said it best. He says, "I never get hangovers." And everyone's like, "Why? How do you do that? You drink all the time. You drink on the golf course all the time. You do this. You do that." John Daly said it best. He says, "My body is used to what I drink, so I stick to the right. same stuff, and I never get hangovers because it's already used to it. And it's already going down the hatch." Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, are, I'm paraphrasing, but he said prof- those exact same things. Professional drinkers uh, are able to pull that off, and I am not. I That's am what I do. Not. I do the same thing. I go out. I do my typical two Captain and Cokes, or you know, try to stay healthy and Coke Zeros or something like that. And right. I try to do that, and then I'll stick with like some seltzer or something like that. It's lighter and stuff like that, and I still get a decent buzz, whatever I'm doing and whatnot. And I, I stick to that. I can't do the wine stuff anymore. I, I mean, I still remember in college one time I had a huge 25 ounce Margaritaville like thing I got in Atlantic City or something, and right, I poured right. that. F- March Madness started, and I came home from class and I poured that full of wine, sexy Rexy Rex Goliath wine that you got seven dollars at Seven Eleven, and I there ended up know. drinking that, and I was. Pretty much fine. I had a good time yeah. watching March Madison. Now, if I did that, I probably would die. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> overall, oh, yeah. I mean, those days are done. The fact that they had free IPAs all night just—I mean, I didn't have just IPAs. I mixed it up later in the night. I was like, all right, I gotta, uh, I gotta have some like some like Miller Lights or something. Like this is—I can't go heavy all night. Otherwise, I'll be done by the first well, half. Well, you were you were obviously at DC or at Audi Field. Yeah, I was in your neck of the woods at Sully's Poorhouse, and that oh, was a little bit yeah. of a rowdy well you don't remember because you were at audi field and you were texting me misspelling some words uh for sure so (laughs) classic but sully's poorhouse man that's one of my favorite go-to spots nowadays because they had about seven pens fans there five ranger fans there 
Uh, me and Jess were there, obviously. She was in her Ranger, or, excuse me, her Pens gear, and I said, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna wear my Caps gear because they won earlier in the night. So overall, that was a pretty uh, ruckus uh, time because we ended up getting a really nice spot at a high top right next to the projector screen. So we got like front row seats to the projector, and it wasn't like so close because they had a DJ coming in. And then right. after uh, the uh, the Pens ended up winning. Uh, they had the DJ come in, and he was he was rocking out and stuff like that, and that was pretty sick. So that was a pretty good time. Sully's Poorhouse is a solid spot. I've been there for sure uh, in downtown Herndon. Right. And then you got Jimmy's, and you got Aslan all right in that in that collection there. So, yeah, yeah there's there's some – it was a good weekend for all of us. Yeah, I don't remember you being at Sully's. I don't remember <laughs> – I mean, I remember, like – Texting you and you know texting some people, but that's that's usually my move. I'm a friendly texter when I drink. <laughs> uh, nothing like weird, but just like <laughs> you know, I just like to say hi. I just like to say hi to people. I was at you know? Sully's and, and then I said, I said, oh, Ben's having a good time, and she said, oh, really? Where is he at? And I said, he's at Audi Field watching DC United because it was on one of the corner TVs. Yeah. And I said, he's having a pretty good time. She said, oh, yeah, what's he doing? I said, he's got those all-inclusive seats that I told you about. And I saw, I showed her one of your texts, and it's had like, it said like DC, and it, had, it looked like it was just like spelling yeah. the alphabet because it was sure. all different words. It's supposed to say United, but yeah, I know what uh -huh. you did where you tried to write United and have it just autocorrect to United, but it didn't end up autocorrecting. It just no, said, it I'm going to screw this guy over and tell everyone he's <laughs> drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And, and to see a win, too, was great. Oh, yeah. And, like, Man, it's just a cool. That's a. I mean, again, I wish the night the weather had been better, but otherwise, that's a great stadium. If you guys haven't had a chance to get down to Audi Field, you really have to. It's awesome. I mean, it's a nice. It's like a smaller stadium compared to, of course, like a, it's not definitely definitely small compared to like a football stadium, but like even to a baseball stadium, it, it, it's definitely smaller and a little more intimate. Um, and they do a great job there, so definitely recommend checking that out. They got some glizzies um, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. That because the problem was the other food lines were so long. <laughs> so it was like, all right, I guess I'm getting hot dogs because everything else is like taking a while. So I was like, all right, I'll just pound <laughs> pound glizzies and <laughs> and they had like a build your own nachos bar. So oh, I would make a little nachos. That was pretty good. Um, and do it was you, just you like, don't do the salsa bit, do you? Uh, no, I just did cheese. I just put cheese oh. on there. I mean, I I, I like I like salsa, but but I just did cheese for this one. It was just, they just cheese. had a pot. They had a pot of melted oh. cheese. And it's just like you know, you take a you take the the first sip is for yourself, and then you put the rest on the chips. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I did not do that. Um, we have a lot to get to. We do have something I do want us to talk about. We'll, we'll save it for next episode. Right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that Mike <laughs> experienced. But we keep we always when we run too long, we just push it to the following. Right. Episode. Right. So right. let's get into the rewind because uh, there is a lot to talk about on this episode. But first, got to recap the previous week in D.C. sports. We'll start with the Washington Nationals, now 10-20 and 20 through their first 30 games. Last place in the NL East and probably not moving from that spot for the rest of the year. Uh, kind of a not fun week for them as well. Uh, two series losses in a row, starting with the Rockies series Tuesday. Uh, they actually won against the Rockies 10-2. Looked fun. Uh, Josh Bell won Soto, each with a bomb. Eric Fetty, Mike's favorite pitcher, threw seven innings and allowed one earned run. Had a great night. And then the rest of the series was kind of garbage. Five to two on Wednesday loss. Uh, Alcides Escobar with a, a, a crucial error that ended up leading to a bunch of unearned runs for Patrick Corbin. But obviously, there's still runs on the scoreboard. Nats lose 5-2. Corbin throws eight innings, three earned runs. Thursday, another loss to the Rockies, 9-7. Uh, Aaron Sanchez threw four and a third, allowed six but Soto did bomb, and he's starting to turn it on a little bit, which is good to see. Uh, then we have the weekend series against our old pal, Anthony Rendon. 
Uh, Nats lost on Friday, 3-0. Only get four hits in the game. Uh, Joanna Doan gives up those three runs. Saturday, the Nats actually beat the Angels 7-3. Bunch of bombs in this one. Bell, Cruz, Yadiel Hernandez all homered. And Josiah Gray gets another dub. Five and a third, three earned runs, three Ks. The guy's still shoving. And then Sunday, our pal Anthony Rendon with the walk-off. Nats lose 5-4. to four. They lose both series to the Angels uh, and Rockies and now are 10-20. and 20 on the year uh next up we'll, we'll just recap these games because we're going to get into them a little bit more in depth with some analysis but the washington capitals three games since we last did a podcast the washington capitals two and one so far in their series as we record this monday before game number four game number one they beat the panthers four to two after being down two to one headed into the third period tom wilson ended up scoring the initial goal about what a minute and 18 seconds or something like that into the game and then went out with an injury. So far, uh, there have been grumblings that it might be a knee injury. It might not be. It might be something else. Who knows? But hockey is so vague with their injury reports. Uh, and I even reached out to our, our good friend Andrew Gillis of the show, right. and he said, you know what? They're so tight-lipped, I don't even know. So when he doesn't know, that's all I got for, <laughs> for sources. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, though, the Caps were down 2-1, to one, headed in the third period. Ended up scoring two uh, in, uh, excuse me, three with the empty netter by Lars Eller uh, in the third period to take down Florida. Oh, 39 and one against the Panthers in the regular season when they were trailing after two periods. Unbelievable stat, especially in a game one against the Panthers. Uh, it's just, just, just crazy, crazy. VTech also had 30 saves in that one, which was awesome. But then he ended up giving up five goals on 19 shots in game two, yeah. which was a bloodbath. Lost five to one against the Panthers in the second game in Florida. VTech once again, five goals and 19 shots. Shots. Ilya Samsonov was subbed in for the third. Got 17 saves, so he actually was looking very, very well and ended up yeah. earning the start for game three. Uh, Backstrom scored the lone goal in that one. Didn't really matter because they were already down by a few at that point. Game three, they beat the Panthers handily, 6-1. to one. Ilya Samsonov, the hero of that game. So it's kind of crazy. Like we said, roller coaster all season long so far for these goalies. 29 saves for Ilya Samsonov. Ovi, Johansson, Van Riemsdyk, Hathaway, Oshie, and Carlson scoring everywhere. So 6-1 to one for the Caps. And it's kind of feeling before this last game that we have going on here for Game 4, uh, it's kind of feeling a little bit kind of like the cup run where we didn't really feel like we were out of any game except for obviously the 5-1 game. That was a, that's, a, that's a niche out of the, out of the window here. But kind of starting to feel like that a little bit because I have some people saying – uh, they've rocked the Panthers right now. They have their formula, and also, right now, they're just looking like the better team in this series. But we shall see. Obviously, when this is published, uh, the, the game is probably going to already be on. So when we're looking at it, hopefully we get a Game 4 win. But now moving on to the El Football team in the area, the D.C. United. Yeah, I mentioned briefly that D.C. United got the win against Houston 2-0. Taxi Fontas, who, again, is the Greek guy that they, they brought in a couple games ago. He was scored in his first start, and he's just been on fire. Scores twice in this one as well. Taxi. He's much watch, must-watch TV right now. Taxi. Uh, and this Go was the D.C. United's second win in three games, so they're starting to put it together a little bit. Again, they're four wins, five losses at this point, no draws. Um, and then Bill Hamid, this was – the only negative was Bill Hamid – 
uh, went down with an injury late in the first half. Uh, he did come out to start the second half and then ended up heading into the locker room. So Rafael Romo, the backup keeper, made his MLS debut for DC United in a 2-0 lead and actually made a couple of fantastic saves. There's some highlights out there for sure if you guys want to check them out. Where, uh, Yeah, great win for DC United and looking forward to watching some more of them this season. Hey, do, you, do you think Taxi, here's my, th- my theory. Yeah. Taxi may have been born in a taxi. And when they said, like, hey, what happened? Where was he? You know, wh- where was the birth? And someone said taxi. They wrote it accidentally down for his name. Well, look, this is a great <laughs> theory. I hate to burst your bubble, but a taxi is short for taxi arches, which is a Greek name. So taxi, it's, it's T-A-X-I-A-R-C-H-I-S, and then his last name's Fountas. Um, so taxi arches is, is, is his real name. Taxi arches. Uh, Try putting that on an SOL test. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I won't. I won't try. That. You're that guy. But you're right. That, look, that was a very good theory, though. I'm, I'm, you know, I like the the creative ingenuity there on that one. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> we we will we will talk about the caps uh, in a sec, but we just want to touch briefly on this little commanders thing. We are the commanders. Commanders slash NFL type news. Right. So, Mike, it seems like our old pal has resurfaced. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. The author. The author. <laughs> yeah, 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 the bestseller uh, that never was. Um, so I heard over the radio recently, and it was a brief little thing that wasn't like a huge story or something like that. But it, it's our old, old pal here, RG3. RG3 runs a 4-4-8-40, as, as from what they're saying. And he said a few teams are interested in me coming back on the field. The Cowboys, Falcons, and Bears. Like, those are the three teams that he said. But it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I still have a, uh, you know, a place in my heart for RG3. That was a crazy sure. year that happened. But it's like, dude. That, that year will go down in D.C. sports history forever. The RG3. He also said, I'm 32 years old. I'm young. You know, you know, Tom Brady's playing until he's 40. Yes, Tom Brady has – or 50. Tom Brady has seven rings, but, you know, I'm uh, – like, I'm doing – like, he's, he's saying all this stuff. It's like, I understand, man, but you're you're saying that three teams have a spot for you on their roster possibly. The Cowboys, who knows? You know, obviously you got Dak, but I don't know, really know what their backup situation is because they've had a revolving door for their backup the last couple of years. But the Falcons, they got Mariota. They got Ritter. Then the Bears, they got Fields, and and God knows who else is on that damn team. But you're saying it like right now, saying this guy's like trying to do something that's like, dude, you, it's it's done, it's over with. Yeah, you're never gonna be a starter ever again. You can go out and work out with Kenny Pickett all you want. You can go to the the combine and start running routes or something like, that, or doing whatever you're you're doing with all the players. You can do all that kind of stuff, but it's over, dude. You can either j- just go and be with ESPN and do what they gave you to uh, uh, the excuse me, do what the job they gave you to do, which is just broadcast college football games and look awkward on TV with Andrew Luck. Now, that was a weird bit. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, He's like, "What are you doing, man? I haven't seen you in forever." Like, I'm being a dad. Like, okay, you guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> two biggest busts ever because obviously Andrew Luck ended up uh, just retiring early because they couldn't draft offensive linemen. But basically, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, just give it up. 
Go beyond on the air. Yeah. You're you're a really good talker. You ha- you had a really good season so far with ESPN. Just go do that. Like you're you're making yourself look so desperate by trying to stay relevant for some odd reason. It's like, dude, who wants to be a third string backup? You know, you, you, we saw Tyrod Taylor come out of Virginia Tech, one of the most accurate passers I've ever seen at Virginia Tech. And he was a backup for Joe Flacco for so many years. Flacco barely ever got hurt, if ever. And he sat there, had a nice little cushion job, helped Joe Flacco learn, and ended up now he's jumping around from team to team because you know he's had you know punctured lungs by doctors and all this random stuff. But RG3, you had your shot. You had your shot. You got injured. Everything went downhill from there. Drama this, drama that. You're writing a book. You're not writing a book. You're in Cleveland. Josh Gordon's getting you know uh, uh, drug stuff, so that threw your season off. And all like all these different things are happening in your career. Just give it up. Go and yeah. sit with ESPN and be done with it. I, I know what you're saying, and I, I agree with a lot of it. Um, and I, yeah, I was checking out the article by a friend of the show, Ian Holler, who people know. Uh, who's been on this show. So his brother is the executive editor for The Spun, and so he has, uh, which is Sports Illustrated, and so he had an article about RG3 and talking about, um, you know, the the Cowboys, the Cowboys as the, as the possible landing spot, and that seems to be, of all the teams that are being thrown out there, the Cowboys seem to be the team that could potentially have the most interest for a variety of reasons, obviously with him being already familiar with the division, um, with the fact that Jerry Jones uh, likes to have cheap backup quarterback contracts. And right now we're talking about Cooper Rush being their backup QB, 28-year-old out of Central Michigan, um, you know, RG3, 32 now. Obviously a little bit, little bit older, but could you get him for even cheaper than whatever the heck you're paying the guy, the Cooper Rush? I don't know. I mean, look, I agree. I think it's silly. I, I think the whole idea is silly. I think, um, you know, I, I, I think he is now 32, and sure, if he he can run that. But, again, part of the – is did he get any bulkier, like any more strength or things like that? I mean, the whole part of the whole reason he's not even in the league anymore is because the guy – was get knocked around like a rag doll because he yep. was he would run all the time and get blown out by these <laughs> linebackers and it's not like these guys have gotten smaller in the four years since he left the NFL uh, these guys are getting bigger and stronger every single season it seems like and they're gonna beat the crap out of him if he ever sees the field so right. I, I think uh, if if the cow but look the other side of this is though Mike if the Cowboys are dumb enough to throw a contract at RG three for second or third string. It's like, why not let him? Like, okay, fine. We'll just laugh at you from our side of the field because right. we we think you're being being an idiot, uh, and it gives it gives us something to talk about. Um, I don't think the guy would probably not even really see the field all season. Uh, Cooper Rush, I think, threw thirty passes last year. Um, you know, uh, RG three, I'd be surprised if he threw fifteen if, if he ends up being the backup for Dak. So we'll see. We'll see. I I, I think it's stupid, but I'm also like. Sure. You guys want to be that dumb and sign a 32-year-old RG3 who just because he can run fast? Go ahead. Go well, ahead. and that's the funny thing, too, is his speed has never been the issue. You can run straight all you right. want. You can outrun people all you want. He, he was an Olympic, Olympic uh, hurdler before he came out, uh, you know, started playing football and everything like that. So right. you're, you're looking at it and saying, running a straight line, not an issue. Cutting, totally different story. 
Reading the defense, totally different story. All yeah. the knocks. There's no are videos n- of him throwing 60 yard passes right now on the internet. It's just, oh yeah, he this was his 40 time. It's like, all right, well, what does right. that do for me? Like, what yeah, does and, that tell and, me? And then, and then he's st- and then he's staying. Like I said, he's trying to stay relevant by working out with Kenny Pickett and you know going to the combine and and and, and lacing up the, the the turf cleats. And so it's like, dude, yeah, like. This is this is supposed to be Malik Willis out here throwing balls, and you're all of a sudden, you know, lacing up your sneaks and, and getting right next to him, ready to run the forty against him. Like it's like I understand you're trying to, you know, get some limelight, but at the same time, you, your your knocks are why you're not in the NFL. Your knocks are why you don't have that backup job. It's not like. Oh yeah, let me go out there and run a forty time, and then somehow someone's gonna say, "Ah, we'll take a flyer on RG three for our, you know, our our uh, practice squad." It's like if it you were good enough to still be in the NFL, you would still be in the NFL. RG3. Right. Like that's the bottom line. I mean, yeah, and that's that's just the, the problem. Is like I said, the knocks on him are what what is keeping him out of the NFL. It's not that oh he he doesn't have the mobility anymore to run to run outrun people. Like no, it's you're you're not Lamar Jackson. Okay, Lamar right. Jackson didn't get blown up by Haloti Nata uh, because he didn't know how to slide. It's not yeah, like a yeah. situation like that. You know, you know, you know, going back to the Ravens. Uh, sure. But it's just you're just looking at it and saying that he's trying to stay relevant. And I think it's like, dude, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on you. One of these days where they're going to, they're going to have this whole entire thing about, Oh, you got, you know, it's going to start by the Redskins throwing all these picks away to the Rams and they are going to get RG three. And then RG three, they're going to show all your highlights from Baylor and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's going to get to the draft and you're going to be there dapping everybody up. And then all of a sudden they're going to say, Kirk cousins picked out of Michigan state. And then all of a sudden it's going to go a whole timeline of your thing. Just stay on ESPN be a good broadcaster, move up in the ranks, and, and and just just do your thing. Don't sit there and try to keep you know. Tr- I mean, you're beating a dead horse right now. It's it's all you're, it's all you're doing. Like that that ship has sailed, and you're literally swimming after it in a riptide. You're not going anywhere, man. So all I'm saying is that he's got to try to stay out of the limelight and not try to be this desperate guy that's trying to go for a second or third string quarterback. It's just you had a great 2012 season. You got injured. Things happen like that. Just go off in the sunset and wait for your thirty thirty to come out. Yeah, and we'll wait for that uh, surviving Washington book, which will uh, <laughs> apparently come out in what, like twenty forty five or whatever. It's a great I, read. I, Can't wait. I take that screenshot of. Yeah, I mean, I just did a quick Google search, and yeah, the book is completely on hold and probably never going to come out. So that'll be one of the great unknowns: is RG three surviving Washington yep. book. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll look forward to seeing that in 30 years. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the team that deserves our time and attention here. The Washington Capitals. Oh, baby. Game four tonight. As you're probably listening to this, you probably already know the results, but we don't. So don't spoil it for us. 2-1, Caps lead. Uh, and what has been uh, just such... A fun series to watch at this point. It's had a little bit of everything. It's had, obviously, a bunch of goals being scored for both sides at this point. Uh, A lot of physicality. Uh, I mean, guys are are scrapping it up, it seems like, even in the first period for some of these games. I mean, usually with these playoff games, it's like, yeah, when, when you get... 
three, four games in, the bad blood has been stewing now because you're, you're playing the same team night in and night out. But usually you don't necessarily see the scraps in the first. You may see them more in the second period and, and onward. But I feel like in this series, we're seeing that guys mix it up right off the bat. The intensity is right there for the most part right away. Um, and uh, it has been super fun to watch. I, I Of course, I said on this show last week that I put my money where my mouth was, and I said the Caps were going to win this series, and I'm uh, sitting pretty right now. Uh, I, I, I bet on the Caps winning the series, and I bet on this being a seven-game series. I'd love if the Caps just get it done in six or five, you know, something like that, but we'll see if that happens. So, yeah, Mike, I mean, a lot to like about this series it feels like, and I think you said this towards the beginning of the show, it feels like the Caps have kind of been in control for, you, you throw out the game that they got blown out. Okay, yeah, that, that, was, that was a disaster. But in games one and three, especially, which is the majority of the series, it has felt like the Caps have been in control of this series for the most part, which is wild to say when you're talking about the President's Trophy winner, the number one seed, Florida Panthers, coming into this, and the Caps have been pushing them around and controlling the tempo and had more possession and probably more shots, and it's just kind of wild to see that. Right, and that's the biggest thing that I said was when it comes to playoff hockey, there are three avenues you need to go down to be successful. First avenue, obviously, score when you can. Don't mess around like like we did in yeah. game one where the first period we had like 10 scoring chances and we had like what? One goal maybe uh, because yeah. of Tom Wilson. So, you, you know, you're looking at it and saying that's number one. Score when you can. We kind of struggled in game one. Definitely struggled in game two. Uh, but we, we made it – I mean, we had it basically in the third period of game one. Kuzi gets a breakaway. You have to score that. He did. Yep. Beautiful pass from Backstrom, goes to TJ Oshie, he scores. Beautiful, done. Then you're looking at game three, okay? Because obviously, like we said, we're, we're, we're broadcasting this right now, we're recording this before game four. So hold your horses there, folks. Basically, when you're looking at game uh, three, I keep getting mixed up here because I know game four, and I want to say game four, but right. it's game three, it's whatever. Right, right. When you're, looking at, when you're looking at game three, Six goals, okay? Obviously, you know, a couple of those you can probably take off. So we basically won four or five to one, something like that. But the score is obviously six to one uh, because of empty netters and stuff like that. John Carlson, by the way, his empty netter was unbelievable. It was literally behind his own net pretty much. Um, yeah. But looking at it, that was number one, is trying to score the goals when you have those high chance opportunities. So far, I think they've done that, except for maybe game two, uh, but that's kind of a wash. I think game two, they were honestly just trying to chase the Panthers the entire time, which was not a good thing. Number yeah. two, which is goaltending. You have to have a good goaltender. Vitek Vancek kept us in the game after uh, you know letting two goals early in, and uh, you know he did enough to get us that W. Game two, not so much. He was awful, uh, and that's why they pulled him. Quick leash, got him out of there. Ilya Samsonov, third period, comes in, 17 saves. Ends up getting his confidence up, and then all yeah. of a sudden he goes out there, and in game three he stands on his Rock head, solid. and it was Rock awesome. Solid. And apparently, you know, he, had, he there was a quote out there saying that you know hearing his name be chanted mm -hmm. inside a cap one was about to make him cry because that's one thing that I think that they hear all the grumblings and stuff like that on social media and whatnot of 
Oh, this guy sucks. Oh, this guy had a bad game. Oh, is this guy going to be number one? Is this guy going to be number one? You know, they're they're both average. They're both average. like they hear all that kind of stuff, and you really want to. They see. listen to this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Of course they do. They always have it downloaded. Um, but I just think that you know him seeing the the, the cast fans go crazy and saying go Sammy or whatever. You know, that was great for him, and it's also yeah, for his confidence. Ho- hopefully that 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 carries over. But the last thing is is exactly what I said, and that's exactly what they are doing and dominating in this series, which is coaching. You have to have coaches that can adjust, that can do what Barry Trotz did in our cup run, that can do what Peter Laviolette, who has been to three different Stanley Cup finals with three different teams, as we mentioned last, well, last week, you have to have a coach that can do that kind of stuff. There's only a few different coaches, probably maybe, I don't know, six or seven for the most part, that are in yeah. this entire league that can do that on a year-to-year basis. And Peter Laviolette's one of those guys. And that's why I love the hire not too long ago. And obviously last year everyone's saying, oh, well, he should be possibly on the hot seat because Reardon. Reardon has been like a lifetime assistant. The only head coaching job he had was with the um, with the Scranton Penguins, the AHL team for the, pen, the, for the Pens. And he's been a basically a lifetime assistant coach in in the NHL. So, and there's a reason why he went back to Pittsburgh because that's the only yeah, place he's actually yeah. been successful. So you're looking at it and saying the coaching adjustments. Obviously, the whole entire situation with the head coach in Florida, his his name for some reason is going out of out of my ear right now. I can't really think of who it is. Uh, I'm going mind blank for his first name. He got fired early on. Okay, he got fired early on because of the sole fact, either fired or resigned or something like that, because of the Blackhawks situation and the Blackhawks scandal. So now they got pretty much an interim. Is Quinville? Yeah, qu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Quinville. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joel, qu- Joel. yeah, yeah. Quinville, Quinville, yeah. Quinville, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he is out, and he was supposed to be the guy because he was the one with the Blackhawks all those years and everything right, like right, that right. when they were dominating. Now they're you know, they're under under the weather for the last few years apparently. So you're looking at Quinville's gone. They have an uh, interim assistant. As the head coach, and they're like, oh, we're winning a lot of games. This is going to work. It's not going to work like that. No, no. Quinville actually knows what to do because he's been to Stanley Cup Finals, the Blackhawks. But the problem is, is this Panthers team, inexperienced players in the playoffs, mm-hmm. inexperienced coach for head coaching purposes, this is the biggest deal for this series is that the Caps have been dominating with the coaching adjustments and going out there and just frustrating the heck out of the Panthers. The Panthers yep. want to run and gun. They want to have three-on-two chances, two-on-ones. They want to have all these different types of chances. They kind of did in game two. But in game one, especially in the third period, and in game three, they have been dominating them, getting in their heads, frustrating the heck out of them. They're, you know, they're drawing penalties now. They're going in there, and they're, they're having their own – I mean, ice time, if you look at the best five possessions in the first three games – the Caps have pretty much had all of them because yeah. I don't know oh, if you oh, remember the one. I think it was in Game One where they had a possession literally that lasted like eighty seconds in the <laughs> yeah. offensive zone. Now a bounce here or there, yeah, maybe Florida might get the possession back, but they were. I mean, they were shots. They were they were cutting to you know in, inside. They were going around the net and they were working it around the boards. They were. I mean, they were doing a ton of different things that was just frustrating the heck out of the Panthers. If the Panthers can't score four goals, it's going to be tough for them to win. Because, yes, yeah. game two, they did score a lot of goals. We didn't really find the back of the net that well. VTech wasn't that great. Okay. But we scored six against them in game uh, three, four against them in game one. Okay. O- overall, right now, this, th- this team, this Panthers team is rattled. 
So hopefully they can continue this momentum. But overall, the, the coaching adjustments, my biggest thing is that you are literally winning that battle, and that's winning this series as of right now as we record this. The other battle this team is winning is uh, on power plays. Yeah. Uh, D.C., 4 for 12 on the power play, and they've held Florida 0 for 9. Uh, and they've limited the Panthers to 10 shots on goal during those nine power play opportunities. So the penalty kill has been on point. I, I think it just comes down to the Caps stars are better than the Florida stars. The Ovechkins, the Oshis, the Backstroms. I mean, uh, all, all these guys are just better than the best guys on on Florida. And and I and I'm with you that I think this um you know, this inexperience is really coming into play. And this is part of why I put money on the Caps to win the series right. is because of the veteran leadership and the fact that this team has been here before. They've won a cup not that long ago. Most of these guys. Uh, and they're showing it. I mean, I'll tell you, the Caps are playing like they're the one seed right now. Um, now, let's talk briefly. We won't spend a whole lot on game four because obviously it's going to be happening here in 45 minutes. So whatever we say will kind of be mute at that point. But... Just my thoughts going into this game, though, is I do worry about a letdown like we saw in game two where we kind of knew Florida was going to be fired up after losing at home in game one. We kind of I mean, I, I told you I predicted there was, it was going to be two nothing after the end of the first period. And it was um, because I knew Florida would come out hot. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen tonight. I do think that. You know, I think Florida's thrown their best punch at this point, and they still are down 2-1. Um, and I think the way that Florida might be able to get back in this game is if they get a little grimy. They they try to draw some penalties. They try to get in the Caps' head a little bit. And I honestly don't think it's going to work because I think the Caps' veterans aren't going to let that happen. You can't intimidate Alexander Ovechkin at this point. I mean, the, the, the guy, no nobody in this league scares Alexander Ovechkin. Nobody in this league scares TJ Oshie or Backstrom or those guys because they've been around the block. Um, but I think that's what Florida's going to try to do. And I think tonight's going to be tighter. We've seen some blowouts the past couple games. I think tonight we might see a one-goal difference. Maybe the Caps, you know, 3-2 or something like that. I, I uh, This could even go OT, honestly. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like we've seen in games one through three. Well, going back to your point saying that our stars have basically performed better than their stars, I, I think, honestly, when you're looking at our you know, big three minus Tom Wilson, obviously. And right. I think our big three would, uh, for con contribution, would be Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, and John Carlson. You could throw Mick Nicholas Backstrom in there. You could throw Kuzi in there if you want. But I think John Carlson uh, affects the game more because he has more ice time. He's our best defender. And he's also, you know, <laughs> one of our best players in general. Uh, yeah. So I think he's in that big three, if you want to say that. Tom Wilson on the ice, different story. But out of those three guys, you're looking at uh, Uberdo, you're looking at Barkov, you're looking at guys like that for their team, and they're getting—I'm saying—they're getting frustrated to the point where, like you said, it's the experience factor between those guys. And right now, you're looking at them go out there, and yeah, they—they they, they scored a lot of goals, and they're doing this, and they're doing that in the regular season. But when it comes down, you saw Ovi in the first handful of years that we were President's Trophy and this and that and this and all that, and scoring, scoring. I mean, the Bruce Boudreaux years where they're scoring so many damn goals a game, basically the same formula that the Panthers are doing right now, scoring tons of goals in the regular season and then trying to carry that over, that's when we faltered. That's when, oh, a goalie stopped our momentum. 
And right yeah. now we're seeing the experience of the Caps getting physical, drawing penalties, getting in their head, trying to get them off their game plan. I just think that their game plan is just, oh, let's just go out there and keep scoring goals, you know, but it's it's not going to work every time. So no. when you have a hot goal goaltender, which Sammy was a hot goaltender the, fir- the, the, the third night, v- VTech was hot the first night for the most part, except for that first goal. You're just looking at this team, and I'm thinking that hopefully, yes, I think it might be a little tighter. Um, I think we're due for kind of a letdown. The odds, the betting odds, which is kind of crazy, has been around the same. I think the lowest Florida odds has been minus 165, uh, and and right now it's at minus 175. So, you know, Vegas is pretty much saying, hey, Florida's still the favorite. Florida's still the number one seed. Uh, You know, they should be favored in every single game. But I think really when you're looking at teams uh, that have that experience and some of these guys that know hockey more than everybody else, I think they're saying you better watch out for this Caps team because this Caps team has the most prolific goal scorer in in this generation, if not ever. And also they got a bunch of key role players that take that backseat to Ovechkin and, you know, do their job to the point where, you know, those third and fourth lines, they start contributing. In, and then all of a sudden you got some young guys in there that can spell some people, Martin Faravari, uh, for instance. So I think, like you said, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I also think that uh, I, I'm, I'm honestly going to say, uh, I, you know, knock on wood, Florida wins this game in a tight one, unfortunately, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Caps came out, punched them in the mouth again, and somehow uh, ended up uh, squeaking one out in the end. Would love a three-one series lead. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. Gotta get that breathing um, room. You know, I, I I would love betting wise if it went seven, but at the end of the day, if the Caps <laughs> win, I win my money back and 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 some. So I'll take that all day. Um, hey, so, hey yeah, real, real quick, look at it, look yeah. at it this way though. Also, is if if we end up coming out and somehow, you know, I'm not trying to jinx it or anything like that. Knock right. on wood. Uh, basically, if somehow we end the the series in five or six or whatever it is, it'd be beautiful as five, but six or something like that, that might give Tom Wilson maybe a little extra time. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll still have to see what his timetable is. But that's thinking a little bit longer down the road. So maybe we need to keep it uh, short and sweet and go with game four, then game five, and so on and so forth. Yeah, check out Andrew Gillis on Twitter. He'll update things as he sees them. Uh, when it comes to Tom Wilson and, and any of those, as soon as he gets that info, he'll tweet it out. And we always retweet him and stuff like that. But give him a follow as well. Friend of the show. Uh, let's hit up the final lap. A chance to talk about some bigger stories in sports, non-DC related. Uh, 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Nikolai Jokic wins his second straight MVP award. Michael? He, he should. I mean, he is a big man that can score 30 you know, get 12, 13 boards and dish out 12 assists on any given night. He is basically the big man that is not Luka. <laughs> yeah, one of the most talented guys on the court every single night. Uh, John Morant, another talented guy. Unfortunately, looks like he'll be out for game four for the Grizz. That is not good news. I honestly did not see the the entire play that got him injured, but John, no jaw, no win. Let's just say that. Yeah, as <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, the Jordan Poole play, kind of. Yeah, yeah, not not great. Uh, this was a wild Kentucky Derby. They had the Derby on at uh, at the game at the Audi Field game before uh, before the game started. And yeah, most heavily bet Kentucky Derby ever. Not only that, Mike, but huge odds for Red Strike, uh, and he end, ends up winning the Kentucky Derby. Kind of crazy. 
That, that honestly really irritates me because of the sole fact that DraftKings and FanDuel couldn't find the Kentucky Derby bets or anything like that. I don't even know how people were betting. Some people were like, yeah, I'm betting online. Well, what are you using? They never responded. So I'm like uh. sitting here, you know, with my hands up in the air like Ricky Bobby, and I was just so upset. I did try to pick Mo Donegal, Mo Dangle, whatever his name was, and of course the horse in the second stall took forever to get in, <laughs> and then Mo Donegal, good thing I didn't get to, I didn't have to bet because so far – he came to the inside of the rail, ended up finishing like eighth or something like that. But he was in the rail and literally was the slowest horse out of the gate. And I was like, Jeez. great. Good thing I didn't bet on him. Oh, yeah. I can't do horse race betting because I, I know the horse I race uh, bet on is going to like break their leg in the first <laughs> 10 steps of the race. Uh, last but not least, this is kind of uh, local news in a way. Barry right. Trotz. Uh, this was kind of surprising this morning when this came out. Uh, out as the Islanders head coach after four seasons at the helm for – Pretty solid seasons for the most part. Great record. Um, some playoff appearances and such. And uh, obviously, uh, seemingly a great reputation around the league. And uh, let go, Mike. Kind of kind of wild to see Trotsy fired this morning. I texted my buddy, who is a Dallas Stars fan. He said he would prefer to fire their coach right now, hire Barry Trotz, and win the whole damn thing. That's what he said. <laughs> and I started laughing because it's kind of true. The Stars right now, they're somehow playing really good against the Flames, but that's the thing. It would be a perfect fit for Barry Trotz to go to the Stars because they got Heiskin in, they still got Jamie Benn, they got Tyler Sagan. I mean, they, they got good players in Dallas, but they just never had a coach. Uh, and they also got Ottinger, which is also a really good goalie. So you're looking at it and saying they have some good pieces. So hopefully he goes down there uh, to help out a friend of mine, but he's also in the Western Conference, so he's away from us and out of our division. The Islanders are just stupid. The Islanders yeah. have to be one of the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest franchises really to are. ever exist because Barry Trotz literally in four seasons went like 151, 103, and like 35 or something like that, whatever his record is. I mean, 50 games over 500 in three or in four seasons, and you, he was taken over an Islanders team that was in the, the, the cellar for so long. I mean, it's just like – it's so dumb. He he won multiple playoff series. Took that took this team to the conference finals a couple times, I believe. And it's it's just so dumb because the previous coach didn't even get to that point, and he had six yeah. seasons. Right, now, right, right. if if it's something that's underlying or something that is going on inside the building or yeah. some some corrupt thing or whatever, which we I don't, don't know any of those on that. We yeah. don't know that obviously as of right now. But for now, it just looks like an idiotic move. It's, it's sure. I mean, that might be one of the dumbest. I mean, literally, this is so stupid. I had to, I tweeted out at work because I was like so dumbfounded about that a rival of the Caps did something this stupid after getting a a, uh, a Stanley Cup winning coach the season immediately after he won it. They got this guy dropped in their lap, and all of a sudden they're like, "Yep, sorry, Barry." It's just, it's not good enough. You missed the playoffs this year, even though you were still in it technically to like you know game seventy eight. Uh, but all it's just not good enough, buddy. Not good enough. Kick rocks down the road, bud. So well, he's gonna go dumb. get paid somewhere. He's gonna go get paid oh, somewhere because yeah. that man definitely still deserves a job. Uh, let's hit up the trivia machine. A chance to give out some quick trivia on DC and Detroit sports here. Um, I will address you first this week. Michael, my question for you. Uh, let's see. Which one do I want to do? There's an easier one. They're both. Uh, we'll, we'll just go with this one. Okay. 
Um, do I want to give this detail or not? Hopefully, it's not about soccer because I'm wearing my cool. It's not shirt not about soccer. Uh, <laughs> nicknamed K Rod, what reliever earned a World Series ring as a rookie with the 2002 Angels and pitched in 89 games for the Tigers from 2016 to 2017? The Angels. Angels and Tigers. That's kind of weird, though. I thought he was pitching for Reliever. the Mets. Didn't he play for the Mets? Is that your question? Yes. Let's see here. I thought it was Francisco Rodriguez. Is that your is that your guess? He did pitch. This this man did pitch for the Mets. Pitched for a lot of different teams. So is that your answer? Is Francisco Rodriguez? Yes. Yes, that's correct. That's Mr. <laughs> K-Rod. I thought about leaving out the K-Rod nickname part of the question. That could have been it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if but I would have yeah. got that, though. The K-Rod thing. Uh, Six-time All-Star, World Series champ in 2002. Uh, two-time Rolaids Relief Pitcher Jeez, of the Year award. 2002. Um, that was 2.86 career ERA. Sol- and 437 saves. Had a great career all the way, 2002 all the way up through 2017. He was still pitching for the Tigers. So 15-year career. I thought he was uh, most famous wow. on the Mets. That's why I was saying it. He did have a couple of years in the Mets with All-Star year in 09. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think his best years were definitely in for, for the Angels. Uh, three-time All-Star for the Angels um, all the way up through 2008. So, well, the, yeah. thing, the things you learn. All right. The so. things you learn. Here it is. All righty, here we go. Right. In, in light of the NHL playoffs, I will give you <laughs> okay. a Washington Capitals question. Yeah, Might be kind of difficult it. for you. Eh, it usually is. <laughs> Who scored just two career goals for the Capitals after being acquired in the lopsided 2013 trade that sent Philip Forsberg, who is now a great player, to the Predators? Huh. Um... I assume if he only had two goals, this this is probably a defenseman, right, or something like he's that. He's a forward. He's a forward. Oh, he's a forward. He okay. w- it w- it w- that's why they said lopsided trade because it was that bad. Because Philip Forsberg is one of the best players in the Preds. Yeah, we yeah. could have had him right now. <laughs> and instead, we had a guy that scored twice. Is this man still in the league? You know what? Couldn't tell you. I don't. At, th- at, you. at this point, being almost ten Oof. years ago, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, this question is gonna be rough. Um. I mean, it's I, tough. It's yeah, tough because he was so tough. irrelevant. The the fans at home, this question is more for you than it is for me. Um, so if you're listening right now, feel free to pause the podcast, think about it a little <laughs> bit, and then give your answer because your boy has nothing. Um, does his name start with a V or a T? No? Nope. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> my guess will be uh, Danny Denilson. Danny Donaldson? Danny Donaldson. Wow, very close, very close. His name is Martin Erat. Oh, I kind of I remember that name. Yeah, cuz cuz everyone was like, "Oh, E-R-A-T. nice." Yep. Erat. Yeah. Cuz yeah. everyone cuz Philip Forsberg we we drafted him and then we traded him, so no one really knew who Philip Forsberg was at the time. Right. But right. then all of a sudden they were like, "Okay, nice. We we got some Marty piece. Of, we got a piece. We got a piece of Martin Erat." And then all of a sudden he didn't do anything. Yeah, Marty Erat. I remember. I, I I remember that name. So that that was. I mean, there's no way I would have pulled it, but it was Donnie Donaldson, or what'd you say? <laughs> Donnie Donaldson. Yeah. Hey great man. Forward. Great two, forward. Only two goals. Great only forward. Two goals uh, let's hit up the money line. Sponsored by DraftKings. Chance to give out some 
some picks. I feel like we're doing a little bit better. Uh, still not great. You're definitely at least you're getting close to 500 again. I'm still eight games back. Um, Four and zero last uh, two weeks for me. So yeah, some solid couple weeks for you. Let's see what you have in store for this week. Um, I'll go first with my picks. My dog. I'm gonna go Sixers plus three and a half against the Heat. Uh, I like the Sixers coming off that win with it, Mr. Embiid making a presence again, and he didn't even play particularly great, uh, but him just being back is is huge. So three and a half dogs, the Sixers, and then my lock, I mean, with John Moran out, here we go, Warriors. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have them uh, 10 points against the Grizzlies here, so I, I think they're going to blow these suckers out. Um, now, one factor in this is, is I don't, one guy that may or may not even play in this game is Draymond Green, who uh, we saw the news that came out. Adrian Payne, who was shot and killed, former Michigan State Spartan. He and Green were really, really close, um, and I know he's grieving, so I don't know. I, I don't think there's been any news that's broken about Draymond not playing in this right. game. Um, but, you know, obviously that's that's a factor if, if he doesn't play. Um, so... Yeah. Besides that, that that's 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 my pick. I'm I'm definitely saying with no John Morant, Warriors I think are going to get kind of a blowout here. So my dog, I'll start with my dog because you started with your dogs. Uh, my dog, honestly, because we record this once every week, I'm saying the Stars upset the Calgary Flames in the first round. They're, They're up two one right now. Right, two one yeah. right now. They play tonight yeah. as we record this on Monday, uh, and honestly. Ottinger has been an amazing goalie for them so far. Three games, yeah. only four goals allowed, and he has been playing lights out. Uh, the Stars haven't been playing great on the offensive end, um, but they did win the other night, uh, and so far they're up 2-1 to one against Calgary. Calgary not really figuring out what they're doing against a Stars team that, you know, Heiskanen did come back from injury uh, somewhat recently and whatnot, but overall, Everyone was saying the Flames are going to yeah. beat the Stars. Even Barry Melrose, who I love Barry Melrose, he was the one who did say there are about, what, like 16, 14 teams, however many t teams. He only left out two teams that could not win the Stanley Cup, and one of them was the Stars, and one yeah. of them was, I believe, the Preds. So you're yeah. looking at it right now and saying those two teams and the Stars right now are looking so much better in Calgary because, again, one of those factors, the goalie, Ottinger, has been playing lights out. So I'm taking them to upset Calgary uh, probably in six because I believe by the time we record this next, the series should be over, um, but we'll see about that. But right now, 30 out of 30 ESPN members picked the Flames, and I don't think e any of them went to seven games. So here we go. My lock. This I texted you this earlier. This is my bold lock of the night. Over six, Rangers-Pens has to hit. It's hit three straight games. I think the lowest scoring game, I think, might have been seven goals, if I'm not mistaken, uh, out of the three. So right now, you know, Tristan Jari, no just Smith. You still got Deming in there. Deming, his confidence has to be shook a little bit from game three uh, in that debacle in the second period. So you're looking at this game, and I think, I think the Rangers, honestly, are going to go out there and maybe win in tonight's game uh, by – by two or three. Uh, I know there are always close games, but the Rangers have to win this game, in yeah. my opinion, because the Pens are up right now. Deming is in net. You can't sit there and say, oh, man, we, we played well all season and we're going to lose to a Craig Anderson type that we had last year. So, overall, <laughs> right. over six, Rangers-Pens for my lock, my dog, the Stars upset the Calgary Flames in the first round by next week's episode. And don't forget the star young player, Danny Donaldson. 
Uh, keep an eye on him. You know, great, great guy. He's he's, uh, he's one of the best. He's one a dangler. He's a dangler. Uh, <laughs> one hundred and eleven episodes now in the books. Uh, and yeah, this is this has been another good one. Hope you check out everything on social media at the DC Crossover on Twitter at Sarone sixteen. Follow the TikTok DC Crossover podcast and also on YouTube. Download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. And hopefully, hey, maybe if the Caps advance uh, in the series or something like that, maybe the Contender will shoot us a text, say, hey, guys, let's do a post-game show because uh, it's been crickets, so I don't know. <laughs> Man, we'll, we'll, a lot we'll of see bugs. what happens. A lot of bugs. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of bugs outside right now. Um, <laughs> rega- regardless, listen to the show, subscribe to the show, all that good stuff. Big game for tonight for the Caps. Um, and hopefully on Monday we'll be talking about how much money I won because the Caps won the series. Uh, Cha-ching! That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. We will see you next week.